Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It is Wednesday, March 10th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. We're talking Chiefs today with most of the A-team. Herbie Teope, Sam McDowell, and Sam Mellinger are here. Vahe Gregorian was on assignment, and we're here to discuss a couple of new additions. To the name of Arrowhead Stadium, for one, and to the family of Patrick Mahomes for another, and plenty of topics in between. We review the career highlights of fullback Anthony Sherman, who has retired, and we discuss a couple of position groups, one on each side of the ball, as free agency approaches. So let's get started talking Chiefs. Guys, I think it's been since uh, Super Bowl that we've had this many of, uh, of us together on, on a chat with uh, Sam McDowell, Herbie Teope, and Sam Mellinger. Vahe couldn't join us today. Vahe's in Arizona at, um, at Royal Spring Training. So somehow we'll, we'll, get to, we'll get along without him today. And, you know, when, when a chief story makes the uh, A1 of the star, it's usually over the last few years been something, you know, success. They won a playoff game or, you know, did something good. The most recent A1 appearance for the Chiefs on the star is for something I think deserved, uh, deserved to be out there, but a little unusual. The Chiefs, after, what is it, 50 years, have, um, have, have naming rights, um, sold the naming rights to Arrowhead Stadium to GEHA. It's going to be GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium, and uh, it's going to take a little getting used to um, for, for me, I don't know about you guys, but, but for me, it's always been Arrowhead Stadium. Maybe it'll always be just Arrowhead Stadium, but, but uh, Government Employees Health Association has bought into it. We don't know how much, uh, but it's not an insignificant uh, piece of news, Sam McDowell, is it? No, I mean, I, I think that by calling it GHA Field at Arrowhead, I've already screwed it up on the very first time I've tried to reference this. Um, but I think they've given us licenses. They'll just call it Arrowhead Stadium, right? I mean, that's the important thing is what can we refer to it as in print? And I still think they've, they've said we can still call it Arrowhead. But, I, you know, I mean, I, I understand that this is a big deal because of the significance of just history and of, of itself. But fans aren't going to change what they call Arrowhead Stadium. They're going to still, still call it Arrowhead Stadium. And there was such outrage and backlash from a lot of people, at least, at least on the place where outrage and backlash are have a home, which, which is social media. And um, I guess, you know, nobody's forcing you to call it G G E H a field there. I'd say, and you can still call it arrowhead. And I still think most people will. So it's a Lee summit based company. Um, to be honest with you, I had never heard of it until they, well, there's got- a lot of success going on over here in Lee summit Blair. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, so I'd never heard of it until um, until they became associated with the Chiefs. And twenty remember in twenty nineteen at training camp, the Chiefs announced a relationship with with uh, GEH, the provider of medical and dental and dental uh, plans to federal employees and retire t- retirees. Serves one point eight million people worldwide with about fifteen hundred employees in Kansas City. And if brand recognition is the is the objective, I think that they've accomplished that by attaching themselves to a pretty successful uh, football squad in, in the Chiefs. But, hey, Melly, don't you think that – and I think you wrote this in the minutes last week, or, or maybe I saw this somewhere else in your 
writing, but uh, there's a significance to the length of the contract that uh, the GEHA has with the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it expires the same as the, the leases at the, at the sports complex. And so, I mean, I, I have long thought and I've, nothing has happened that makes me feel, everything that's happened makes me feel more sure about this, that the, the Chiefs are hoping that the Royals move downtown um, and I think the Royals are hoping that the Royals move downtown as well. Um, but, and if, and when that happens, then, you know, the chiefs have a lot more land and, and they can either build a new stadium, a modernized arrowhead where, where Kaufman is now. Uh, and then either just implode arrowhead and make it more parking, um, or somehow convert that into some sort of like commercial, you know, revenue stream that, that, that will help them out. Um, you know, the 300 and, 55 days a year or whatever that, that they don't have a game. Um, so it's, it's a, I think it's a long-term thing. It, it kind of tells you like where they want to go in a lot of ways. And, you know, from, from their point of view, you know, what's funny is like you just said, Blair, that, you know, you'd never heard of GEHA. I didn't either. Um, and to be honest with you, like even after the, you know, they, they put GEHA on the thing behind Andy Reid when he talks and all that, um, I still cared so little about that, that I wasn't sure if it's GEHA or whatever, like, I just don't care. And I've heard that uh, many, many Chiefs employees did not, had never heard of GEHA to the point where when this thing was presented and GEHA came to the Chiefs and said, we're interested in doing this, that that may have been kind of an awkward couple days for the sales department where it's like, how come we have never gone out and tried to sell advertising to these people? Like how come, and nobody, cause nobody knew about them. And it's, you know, it makes sense if, if they're trying to, you know, at some point expand, right? And and not just be for federal employees and uh, military, you know, to, to compete with whatever, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, or uh, wherever, wherever the kids get their insurance these days. Hey, here's something interesting, because, you know, all three of you gentlemen have said you'd never heard of it, okay? As you guys know, I'm retired Army. I had never heard of GEHA. I mean, most of us who go through insurance, we're going through TRICARE, Humana, uh, Humana TRICARE, or you're going through USAA. So this was a learning experience for me as well, you know, just doing the background research on the company formed in 1937, but they were initially for postal workers as the years progressed and decades progressed, then they opened the door for military families and, and military retirees and their families. So if their intent was, as Blair mentioned earlier, for branding purposes, Hey, kudos, because it worked. I mean, it, it made me as a, as, a, as a military veteran look them up and say, what, what exactly is this company? Well, now we know. So I, I don't know how we'll end up referring to the Arrowhead Stadium, you know, in the future, just Arrowhead, or will we be, um, will we use the G, uh, GEHA in first reference? I don't know. But what I do know is when games are televised and all games are televised, uh, when when we find out from CBS, Fox, or NBC, whoever's doing the games, where the game is originating from, it will use the proper name at the beginning. And I suspect that there will be, if there wasn't already, correct me if I'm wrong, was there was there some branding on the field on, on the turf this year? I, I don't I don't recall that. But there will there now will be inside Arrowhead Stadium. I read that that uh, there will um, there will be GEHA branding throughout the stadium. So anyway. Um, I, I do remember whenever 
whenever Mile High Stadium in Denver ceased to be just Mile High, was it, was it Invesco or whatever it was? Yep, Invesco Field. Field at Mile High, people were angry, angry, angry. Broncos fans were just saying, we'll never do it. We'll never refer to it. It'll always be Mile High. And, you know, I guess now I, I still think of it as Mile High, but, you know, it's been Sports Authority, it's been Invesco, it's whatever it is now. Um, these things, you, know, you, you they're just names. They're just names. You know, this week we're, you know, we're going to cover the Big 12 basketball tournament at T-Mobile Center for the first time. Yeah. The building's been open since 2007, known as Sprint Center. It'll, you know, it'll just take a little while to get used to it. But once you do, it's, it's just not that big a deal. It's a big deal for GEHA, though. That's for sure. Well, yeah, you know, what's funny about this is like, you know, I, I've come to think of like sports are the, the least important thing in the world, except for the times that they're the most important thing in the world. Like this is a completely irrelevant story for all the reasons that you just said Blair but because so it shouldn't matter nobody's going to call it that except for Jim Nance uh, but it does matter because like that that place becomes personal to you you know you've you've made memories there you've made friends you've laughed you've cried you've cheered you you know you've cursed you know kickers in that whatever um, in that stadium and now like your memories have been sold to a corporate bidder you know what I mean? And, and that can feel, I think, understandably personal to people. So it, it's weird. It's like a completely irrelevant thing, but it, will, it, it, it burns you inside at the same time. I get it. I, I think if anything, though, Melly, uh, the, the counterpoint to that is now the Chiefs have joined the movement around the National Football League. Because as of that signing with that agreement, now there's only four NFL stadiums without a corporate name. One of those four just recently lost or where their, their contract with New Era expired so now it went back to bill stadium so without a corporate name there's only lambeau field uh bill stadium paul brown stadium and soldier field arrowhead just happened to join the rest of the league yeah there, there's there's four without and there's two that are named after mercedes <laughs> <laughs> a lot of money there <laughs> yeah um so so no so no, no naming rights for kaufman stadium just yet but do, do we think that might happen? I don't know. I'm just too distracted by what I just saw. <laughs> <laughs> hold up, hold up. I'll fix that for you, Barry. This is podcast <laughs> only, right, Blair? <laughs> um, yes, yes. Sorry. No, I, mean, I think, I don't know. I, you know, um, there's a new owner, obviously. I haven't heard John Sherman asked about that, right? I mean, I'm sure everybody's got a price, right? Uh, Clark Hunt just <laughs> told everybody what, I mean, Clark Hunt's got an undisclosed price, um, but, but he's got one too. Yeah. I mean, I think they would if they got the right check. So usually these things, at least a million a year, but in some cases they go up to 10 million a year, the 10 to 15 million a year, the naming is right. We, we don't know what it is, but, um, uh, and the other thing, the last point I'll make on this is um, I, I remember reading a story about, I don't know, maybe it was in 2000, early 2000s. I think Adam Teicher wrote it when he was covering the Chiefs for us. Talked to Lamar Hunt about naming rights, and Lamar resisted that idea. Even though the Chiefs were losing some money, not losing money, but losing ground financially to other stadiums that were uh, opening throughout the NFL, and Arrowhead hadn't been updated. That would happen in the next few years, but uh, – Lamar just wasn't interested in selling the naming rights to Arrowhead Stadium. Now, we've, we've figured out a way to keep 
Arrowhead in the in the title, and I think you know that that happens in, in other naming situations as well. But Clark Hunt now, no, he he's a different, uh, uh, a little different when it comes to this. To the Chiefs' yeah, credit, just from talking to to Mark Donovan after the agreement, you know, he he said it was extremely important because they actually balked at previous offers over over his 11 years with the Chiefs organization because they didn't want to have Arrowhead Stadium in the name, but at least now with GEHA, they were able to find that common ground. It's a locally based company and they understood the importance of having Arrowhead Stadium in the name. So that's that helped facilitate the agreement. Okay, hey, let's switch gears and talk about um, uh, the, the newest deputy sheriff of um, in, in America. We don't know where Anthony Sherman's going to uh, assume that title. I don't think, do we? Uh, but that seems to be his next um, career goal. Anthony Sherman has retired from the Chiefs, the Sausage, a fullback, you know, been a lot of things, special teams wonder, um, training camp arrivee, um, Marvel, uh, he's been a lot, but, uh, but he's no longer a Kansas City Chief. Herbie, what are the, what are the Chiefs going to, what are they going to lose by not having Anthony Sherman? A guy who understands the system and knows the fullback's role within Andy Reid's West Coast offense. When you, when you look around the league, there aren't that many teams that utilize a traditional fullback these days, and the ones that do run a West Coast offense. So you got to figure this offseason, free agency, undrafted free agent, or, or even I don't think we'll draft a fullback, but fullback's got to be high on the list uh, because it does have a role in, in this team. And the other thing they're going to be missing is a special teams core contributor. Sherman consistently was at the top of special team snaps. So they, they got to find somebody. Yeah, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm less confident that they that this is going to be some spot of urgency for him. I mean, I, I think Sherman played like four offensive snaps per game last year, and it's three straight years that he's played under, under 100 offensive snaps in a season. So, you know, I don't know what they're going to do with Nick Kaiser yet, but I wonder if maybe he, they, they feel comfortable enough to he could transition to, into that kind of a dual role and, and still play, you know, a third tight end if they can get somebody else behind. I think they're going to try and get somebody else behind Travis Kelsey at that tight end two spot. But I don't, I don't see this being a big need for a team that's under some salary cap restraints this offseason. Undrafted free agent. Yeah, it makes to bring somebody in regardless even if you even if you like Nick Kaiser in that role you definitely want to bring somebody in to, to training camp to, to see what they can do how about that love it remember a couple of years ago the Princeton kid uh was it John not John oh, yeah, uh, yeah. but love it was an it was kind of a that sort of hybrid player um Sherman made a pro bowl which was nice to you know nice little uh feather in the cap of a career and got into the end zone a handful of times you guys, everybody will remember the touchdown he scored this year against the Ravens, the smoked sausage play. I, I tend to think more of the one he scored in um, against the Chargers in L.A. I think it was the season opener a couple years ago on a on a wheel route, went about thirty yards and just total. Mahomes first game. Yeah, that's right. Patrick Mahomes' first game as a starter. Yep. So, uh, so anyway. Now- that was one of those throws, too. There was a lot of them, but that was one, like you said, season opener. There was just, this guy is different. <laughs> this guy is absolutely different. That that throw, I've never seen that throw made before. Well, he had four that I, I day, and all he did was follow it up with six at Pittsburgh the next week. So, um, yeah, yeah, so he was starting to t- 10 touchdown passes in his first uh, 
two games with no picks, and one of them went to Anthony Sherman. So, and Blair, uh, I think the last play that that sort of defines Sherman is, you know, I mean, he, he set the 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 edge block for Damian Williams, you know, kind of game ceiling touchdown run in the in the Super Bowl, and that was more his role here. I mean, I mean, plays like that. So I, I'm guessing. You know, when Anthony Sherman looks back on his career, that's going to be near the top of his list as much as the times he actually scored. By the way, Anthony Sherman should have got a Pro Bowl MVP the, the one year over Patrick Mahomes, and, and Mahomes robbed him of it. What was that, two, two, three years ago? Did you watch the Pro Bowl? I, I just have never spent a minute watching the Pro Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I think he scored a couple times in that game. McDowell is a football junkie. He's admitting to watching the Pro Bowl. Pro Bowl MVP controversy. Oh, okay. <laughs> Those takes will be, you know, unchallenged here. Whatever you think, man. <laughs> All right. Hey, let's take a break. When we come back, we got more Chiefs talk with Chiefs guys. All right, we're back with uh, Herbie Tiope, Sam McDowell, Sam Mellinger, not Vahe Gregorian, and we're talking Chiefs uh, because we never not talk Chiefs here. Um, on Sports Beat KC. So, Patrick Mahomes walking around in a boot. Um, so, I see. Uh, uh, short-term thing. Uh, we'll, we'll be out of it. What's the timetable, Herbie, on this? He'll be ready by training camp. You know, that, he just had surgery. So, I was like, when I see people making a big deal, he's in a boot. Well, he's not going to be walking without it. He just had a surgery. It's part of the recovery process. So, you know, the key thing here is as long as he doesn't have a setback between now and training camp, I don't think there's anything to worry about. That happened in the Browns playoff game. Am I yep. recalling that right? Yep. AFC uh, divisional game. And, and now, look, we, we kind of marvel at the fact that, you know, he, he had as good a game as he did against the Bills in the AFC title game. And, and uh, you know, the Super Bowl certainly wasn't his fault. He, 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 played, he played as well as he could play. In that uh, in that loss, but doing it all on a on an injury that required surgery immediately after the season, so uh, just kind of add that to the legend of Patrick Mahomes. It's tough enough to play through a turf toe. I've never had a turf toe, but I've had enough toe injuries in my life to know those are not comfortable. It is the the impressive part to me is that um, you know he didn't look injured. You know what I mean? Like if you didn't know, there, there were times like I get it between snaps where he'd exaggerate that old man walk a little bit. Um, but when the ball was in his hands, I mean, it, it wasn't, it wasn't like he was just limping, you know, before the throws and stuff like that. Like it, it looked like he was playing, you know, pretty close to, to full health. And that, that's another tribute to him um, that he was able to figure out a way to make it work despite, you know, some obvious pain. Okay, we've been uh, Herbie and, and Sam McDowell have, have been running down the the, the Chiefs offseason by position, and we're uh, I think the latest one that we've seen in print is safeties. Uh, let's talk about that just for a second, guys. Uh, everybody assumes Tyron Matthew will be back, and with a, with a contract that'll be favorable to the club, restructured in a way structured in a way that'll be favorable to the club, and. Um, but Dan Sorensen's an interesting case, isn't he, Herbie? What, uh, uh, what do we think about Dan Sorensen's future with, uh, with the Chiefs? I think, if anything, look, he just turned 31 on Friday, March the 5th, so he's getting up there in age. And the last time the Chiefs signed him to a contract extension would have been 2017. It was a four-year deal, 16 or $17 million. 
But when you look at Dan Sorensen, what he brings to this defense, he is their Swiss Army knife in the backfield, you know, on the back end of coverage. Juan Thornhill was never the same. The guy played a gazillion snaps. I think he played 100% of the snaps starting like the last eight games. So, I mean, he, he's – it's very valuable to what they do. He can slide inside in the box, play linebacker, drop back and free safety or strong safety. But here's the deal. I don't think he's going to command a high market or excuse me, a high contract on the open market if he decides to, to test it. To me, a return back to the Chiefs makes absolute sense. You know, but it's got to be a team friendly deal. And at his age at 31, you can't sign him to a four or five year deal. It's got to be one of those one or two year team friendly type deals. And I, I, he probably would take it. He's one of those guys who I think is would be more valuable to the Chiefs than any other team in the NFL. I mean, just, the Chiefs know what to do with him and have, have put him in good positions over the years. And he, he's made big plays for sure. The the, the fumble that he caused uh, against the Browns in that divisional round game might have gotten away with helmet to helmet contact, but he, you know, he, he created the touchback at the end of the first half that, that allowed the Chiefs to keep the the big lead at halftime against Cleveland. So. Spagnuolo's done a good job with him too. I mean, there were times, um, and I don't mean that to say that Sorensen doesn't have talent or ability himself, but you know, there were times before where he was getting exposed, you know, that that he was just being put in positions to do stuff that he's not capable of doing um, at at the NFL level. And I think Spagnuolo, look, a lot of it's tired Matthew, um, but I think Spagnuolo has done a really good job of sort of avoiding those situations. Okay, the next position group coming up, I think, is running back. Um, Sam McDowell, I, we might be a little little disagreement here on who will be on the Chiefs roster when it comes to running back next year. Let's assume Damian Williams is, is returning. Um, how do you think this position is going to line up? Well, I, I think it's going to line up kind of what they envisioned 2020 lining up. You know, when they drafted Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, they thought they would have this duo with Damian Williams, and I think they're going to get that next year. I still think it makes sense, you know, to have those two and Daryl Williams. Um, I don't see Le'Veon Bell having a place on this team. And I also wonder, even though this would be later this summer probably, you know, I think Darwin Thompson's going to have a lot of work to do to make the roster this year. He just hasn't shown enough in his first two years to – be guaranteed the roster spot that I think he was in his first two years. Tough seeing him just as a special teams guy. He's just not big enough, I don't think, to, to be a – No, and you've, you, you always got the feeling that he's got a role on special teams because he's got to have a role somewhere rather than him actually fitting the way that they want, you know, that spot on their special teams to play. He just hasn't been a return guy either. You know, you think a guy who plays that position, they'd give a look at return. You haven't seen that with, with Darwin Thompson. Um, they tried everybody, didn't they? I mean, this last year, I mean, they, they, they tried everybody back there. And, yeah, he didn't get a crack at it. All right, let's wind this thing down. Uh, the, the two newest fathers on this uh, staff, Sam and Sam, um, I'm asking you guys, um, Sterling Sky Mahomes is um, – uh, is uh, one of one of Kansas City's newest citizens. So, what what fatherly advice um, would you? Yeah, Herbie, just mute yourself, okay? Herbie, just mute yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's? Uh, I'll tell you what. He's got some busy parents, right? I mean, mom is owner of um, 
you know, of, of the Kansas City Women's Professional Soccer League team. And dad is uh, quarterback for the, for the uh, local 11 football team. So I think they'll have plenty of uh, options when it comes to looking after their daughter. But, um, but anyway, it's, uh, it's kind of a neat thing, right? It's, um, you know, it certainly was uh, made a lot of, got a lot of play on social media, but Patrick Mahomes, a dad, um, I guess he, what he, what one thing he's going to have to learn to do is survive on little sleep some nights. <laughs> True. In that. Um, I, I, so in this situation, cause I have a lot of friends actually that have had kids right after my, my son's 10 months, 10 and a half months now. And rather than actually giving them advice, I tell them where to get the advice. Um, and there's a couple, cause I read a few books and there were a couple that I thought were wasted. You guys probably experienced this, but there's some books out there that tell you what your wife's going to be feeling, what she should and should not be eating. And I just don't think it's a good idea to tell your pregnant wife what she should or should not be eating. Um, so I would recommend against that. Um, but the, the thing I always tell people is that it gets easier every day. Um, it's, um, there's always time to check the book. You know, I, I, I think when my wife was pregnant for the first time, I sort of anticipated this um, hair on fire scenario. And it's not like that at all. There's always time to check the book. And the third thing is just enjoy it because it is a, a blast along the way in ways you probably just don't even imagine. Yeah, the, the two things, um, there's two things that come to mind about like advice that I give uh, people is like one that the, the, the best piece of advice was just like, uh, you know, I, I wish I could remember who told me this, but uh, enjoy changing diapers. And, and, and the point of that is, if you can enjoy, like kind of the parts that you're not supposed to enjoy, you know, and, and look at that not as like, I got to change this thing, and it stinks. And then I got to find the trash and all that. If you can just say, you know what, like, this is an intimate thing, like, I'm not going to be able to do this forever. They're soon gonna, you know, grow out of this, and enjoy just that time that you have with them. Um, then you can enjoy anything um, that anything else that that comes along with it. Um, and, um, you know, the other thing is like, I looking back, um, and my kids aren't super old, but they're, you know, seven and almost five. And when they were like zero to two, I think I worried too much about like, you know, are they going to be okay? Am I screwing this up? Because yes, they are going to be okay. And yes, you are screwing it up in some ways. And you just got to like, do the best you can. But like, the only thing I always also think about this is like, Patrick Mahomes has a level of fame that is essentially unfathomable to, you know, normal people and raising a kid. I mean, that kid is going to be so well taken care of. I mean, obviously financially, but more importantly, I mean, there's going to be a lot of people that, that love this kid. Um, but that kid's going to be five years old and go to school at some point, you know, that kid's going to it, maybe play sports or decide like there, there's just a lot of things that, um, are, are just complications that I cannot imagine having, you know, and, and I hope that, you know, people in Kansas City um, are, you know, sort of aware of that and, and, you know, keep that in mind of just like, that girl is not going to have a normal childhood there. I mean, they're just, you can't, um, but, you know, maybe we can help make it as normal as possible. I actually think this is a good town for that to yeah, for that to be possible. I mean, yeah. I mean, we just 
you know, with my kids are all old and out, up, out of the house. And, um, and, and listen, they, they knew uh, sons and daughters of professional athletes, because if you live in Kansas City, so many of them move back here. And if they're involved in sports and activities, you're going to run into them. And um, uh, I, I think that, um, you know, it was never really was never a problem. I've never heard that from a, prof a pro professional athlete in Kansas City who, who retired, made Kansas City their home, that, uh, that you know, it, it, it was a problem here. It's just people in Kansas City have given those athletes their space. And I've heard that even from current athletes too, Chiefs and Royals, that uh, it's, it's a really good place to be. Now, raising a kid, and, and you're right, Sam, we, there hasn't been anybody with the stature of, of Mahomes, the national stature. So we'll see how it turns out. But I, I kind of like the chances of having a semi-normal life in Kansas City as opposed to maybe a larger metropolitan area. So Yeah. It's interesting that Mahomes always reverts back to kind of a safe answer for a lot of the questions we ask, which is, well, um, you know, you ask him, how did you learn to do this? And he always would say, well, you know, I grew up in a locker room. My dad was a, a player. So he probably would revert back to that if any of, us, any of us were asking him this question. But being the son of Pat Mahomes Sr. is, is going to be a lot different than being the daughter of Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. And, I, you know, his, obviously Brittany is an athlete as well. I mean, you would assume that this kid is probably going to get in sports at some time. And I, I do I do hope that there's – that. I mean, it's impossible not to, but I just, I just hope that this, this kid is not judged by her, by what her parents have accomplished. All right, guys. Hey, thanks for the conversation and we will do it again soon. All right. That's going to do it for today. Thanks to our sports beat KC production staff of Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. Tip of the cap to Herbie Teope, Sam McDowell, and Sam Ellinger for stopping by and talking chiefs. Links to their stories can be found in the show notes and on kansascity.com. Hey, we've got another deal for you. For a limited time, you can subscribe to Sports Pass, that's the Kansas City Star sports page online, for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month, unless you tell us to cancel. And what a time to be a subscriber. The Royals are at spring training, March Madness is right around the corner, and it is never not Chiefs season. How do you get it? You go to kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. That's kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. You want more than just sports coverage? Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. Get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional news, sports, and business coverage with the e-edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. If you're having trouble hunting down any of these offers, you send me an email, bkirkoff at kcstar.com, and I will get you to the right place. So whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Thursday with another episode.